0: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Roundtable uh, for Indiana traveling to the Cincinnati Bearcats. It was a heck of a matchup last year. Uh, came down to the fourth quarter, uh, Indiana miscues, and uh, Cincinnati was a real, real good team last year. Playoff qualifier out of the group of five. Uh, lots of NFL draft picks. Uh, today with us we have J.T. Smith from the front office news. Uh, you should be familiar with him. He was our guest for Cincinnati last year. Uh, had a lot of great insight. Also, along with us is Alex Compton and Nate Comp of Hoosierhuddle.com. JT, first of all, thanks for joining us. And and how's your season going?
1: Thanks, fellas, for having me first and foremost. And so far so good. Uh two and on one. Lost to Arkansas, who's a top 15 team now, but it was if you watch the game and not even being biased, it was a game that the Bearcats really shot themselves in the foot. It was a very winnable game. So that, that sucks. But overall they rebounded and been playing pretty good the last two weeks.
0: Uh, You guys were down 10 early against Miami of Ohio and came back to win that game. I think it was 34, 17. Um, Just take us through that as IU fans, you're looking at that and you're going, Oh, Oh boy. Um, Just, what, what happened there early on against Miami?
1: Um, honestly, miscues. Miscues um, shot him in the foot again. Uh, Miami punched him in the mouth, had a real nice first opening drive. The Bearcats were answering and moving the ball at will, fumble, booms. So and then uh, Miami came down, got a field goal. They, they held up. And then uh, I feel like they scored. They scored to make it like 10-7, and then the Bearcats were again moving the ball close to the red zone, fumble, and then Miami scores again. And then um, after that, I feel like they cleaned up everything and then just kind of you know put the pedal to the metal and, and the cream rolls to the top. But they just kept penalties and turnovers for killing the Bearcats, honestly.
0: Coming off that playoff uh, appearance last year, 13-0 and expectations were super high last year. You had a ton of talent. On that team, what was it like this year, um, expectations wise and and just trying to—I don't want to say be realistic or, or dampen things, but kind of like keep people in their their right mind about, hey, uh, you know, we, we lost a lot of talent on this team. Just talk about the transition from last year to this year a little bit.
1: It's it's weird. Um, I think last year they had a lot of pressure because even before, like the world or like the nation kind of understood they were a possible playoff team. They believe that they could be that, um, with them losing so many people this year, I don't think the expectations are playoff this year, of course, but I feel like they feel they should be in New York, a new year, six bowl. Um, even with them losing so many people to the NFL because they've been recruiting so well that the motto has been, you know, um, you know, not, not, uh, listen, not transition, but re, um, reload pretty much. So, um, iron sharpens iron. has been their, their mantra. So, um, they have a lot of young talent and people that have maybe are older. that just didn't get as many snaps because of how much talent the Bearcats had. So I think they're just trying to scale it back. Them losing to Arkansas didn't help per se, because if they were going to sneak into the playoff, they need that kind of a big win because the AAC is down to me. Um, But at the same time, I still think they they have a chance to be a new year six team. So.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the storylines. And, you know, I I did watch that Arkansas game. The thing I think that's going to give IU the most problems on both sides of the ball is, I mean, Luke fickle teams are notoriously physical in your face, nasty, Despite the loss of talent, especially on the defense from last year, I mean, man, against Arkansas, who that's what Sam Pittman wants to do is dominate both lines of scrimmage. The physicality so far has really stuck out through three games. But other side of the ball, Eastern Michigan transfer Ben Bryant. It was a quarterback battle most of the offseason. You know, it seems like he's kind of settled into that QB one role. He's obviously not Desmond Ritter at this point or maybe never will be. Um, how do you assess the play of Bryant so far through three games?
1: It's crazy you asked that question. I'm literally working on like an article about how he's kind of settled in. The Arkansas game, if he plays decent in the first half, they win that game by two touchdowns. He missed multiple open open receivers that he would even say, like, I got a hit. Um, but at the same time, he got his foot in the second half. He did miss a couple of throws in the second half, but he looked uh, 10 times better in the second half against you know Kennesaw State isn't a a team that's just like oh you throw for three touchdowns at 200 yards and everybody's going to pat you on the back even Miami at at a certain extent but at the same time the the way he's played the last two weeks I feel like he's finally getting his footing understanding what he what he is he knows he's not Ritter because he's not as athletic but he is a very good distributor of the ball Um, the Bearcats had their first 200 yard receivers last week in this in the fickle air. So that's crazy. Just think about how much success they've had. This is the first time they had 200 yard receivers. And I even thought about it, like that. That's crazy. But um, but he's a real good distributor of the ball. He will take more chances than Ritter, um, because he he believes in his arm that much, but he can't move as good as Ritter, of course. So uh, but honestly, I think he's 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 adapting well, even though like a lot of people, because um, Evan Prater is from Cincinnati, former Mr. Ohio, four-star recruit. Probably, I think he was if I'm not mistaken, the highest offensive recruit the Bearcats have ever re- received or I received, but it has, um, got to commit. And, um, so people, whatever, he, if, if Ben Bryant goes 25 or 30, those five, he missed people are going to be calling for Evan just because of, because of how famous popular he is in, in around these parts. So it's, it's rough, yeah. but yeah. things doing very well though. But that, that is a good question, man. Cause I literally am about to try to type something up about just how he's kind of getting his feet and, being able to kind of spread his wings a little bit.
0: So for the IU
1: fans who don't
0: know Ben Bryant, Ben Bryant was originally at Cincinnati, went yeah. to Eastern Michigan, started and came back. Was there a little shenanigans going on there? They say, hey, you go play over there and then we'll bring it back? Or was <laughs> we that joke- just <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a good one. We joke about that because it was almost like – so you know how people when they go in the portal, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time their locker's clear they're not going to be allowed to be on the team i mean they might work out and stuff but they're not going to dress for games when ben bryant put himself in the portal before he went to um, eastern michigan he was still the backup on the team the rest of the year that that kobe year he was still the backup the rest the rest of the total year he never got kicked off the campus he was legit if desmond ritter got hurt ben bryant would have played even while he was in the portal
2: isn't so college, like, football? college football is the best? Yeah. yeah. So, But,
1: like, <laughs> the first time I've ever seen that. Like, I've seen kids maybe know they're going to be in a the portal. They don't announce it or whatnot. But, like, it's the first person I've seen that had announced it. And he was legit practicing every week. And if, if anything happened to Ritter, he was really going to play. But so we kind of joke around and said they sent him to the minor leagues and then brought him yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't <laughs> – I mean, nobody – I mean, he was starting at Eastern Michigan, had a pretty good year um I mean when I when I saw he came back I was like hey I don't think a kid comes back if he doesn't think he has a strong chance of winning a job um just because he was entrenched there he still had a year he still could take another year um but it is a funny thing because we, we joked he we said he kind of went to the minor leagues and he came back so um but yeah he's he's doing doing legit and uh yeah it's, it was it caught me by by surprise per se but then uh, how graceful he gracefully he left it. It didn't. Once I connected the dots, it didn't really catch me off off guard as much.
0: Nate, let's go with you for an Indiana recap. IU comes into this game three and zero. A lot of close, unnecessarily close heart attack <laughs> wins, uh, things like that. They beat Western Kentucky thirty three thirty in overtime a little bit of familiarity with this Cincinnati team. What is IU's mentality or what should IU's mentality be going into this game?
3: Yeah, it, it's it's really tricky to figure out this Indiana team because I, I feel like typically the more and more games that are played, you start to figure out like what you're going to see from a team on a week-to-week basis, and I feel like I keep watching us and I just get more and more questions of exactly what we're going to be seeing going forward, like – Even in game, you can have one like the Idaho game where you can have one half where it's the worst that we've ever seen from the Tom Allen era. And then you come to the next half and you're like, are are we playoff bound? Like you just look entirely different from game to game. So uh, something that I'm definitely going to be looking to for this matchup is with all these variables, we're going to throw in the added variable of this is our first road game of the year. It will be interesting to see how we can adjust to that on the road. I think I saw that uh Cincinnati's got like the the second longest home win streak right now. I, th- I think I saw that. Yeah. So it's definitely a daunting atmosphere we're walking into. It it'll, it'll be interesting to see what we what we see from the Hoosiers.
0: Yeah, Cincinnati, uh, correct me if I'm wrong JT, they sold out season tickets for the first time in their history this year.
1: Yeah, it's uh it was like a big article about it. And I feel like now they're like almost getting to like where they have a waiting list, like the Kennesaw State game in years past, even if they were good, you might get 30, 30 to 33,000. Like, okay, because it's the home opener, but they legit sold out a Kennesaw State game, which is like night and day. Like I remember before before uh, Fickle took over, it was senior day, senior night, and it might have been 5000 people. There, you know what I mean. So just to see where they've come is like it's night and day and crazy. Like, um, you never would have expected it to be this fast to be this consistent. Um, where you where you come to a game like Kennesaw State, like Indiana, that's that's gonna sell name Big Ten, but a Kennesaw State game, like for them to sell that thing out and it's I never would have thought that. Somebody told me that ten years ago. I told told them I have some uh some uh some property in the swamp to sell them. So, you know, but.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then I think, you know, sticking with me on offense, I think it's, it's an interesting match out, Um, you know, IU. And I think the fan base feels like, you know, last year they had, they had the shot. They, they probably should have won that game if it's not for the, you know, the fumble on the goal line late. Um, And, you know, from there, the season kind of spiraled. So I think in a lot of ways, you're going to get, a good, you know, shot from this IU team, but it's just it's tough for me. I think it's tough for most of the fan base right now to say, like, you know, what that really looks like. There's been, you know, lots of good flashes so far, especially against Illinois. Um, yet to play a complete game or even a complete course. Obviously, it's going to require that on Saturday. But um, IU's run defense has struggled a little bit. JT Jerome mm-hmm. Ford obviously, off to the NFL after a, you know, a really solid career at Cincinnati, you know, it looks like a two headed rushing attack at running back kind of talk through that. Is it going to look similar to last year or should there be any new wrinkles in the run game?
1: Okay. So this can be, all right. This would be interesting because we have a new offensive coordinator, um, Gino Gadouli, who played at UC before Desmond Ritter broke all the records. He had all the records essentially. Um, He was the quarterback coach and the passing game coordinator last year. Uh, been with the program, I want to say four to five years. Don't quote me on that. So, but essentially, um, he's done a very good job at not being as vanilla. These a lot of people complaining because it's not been as you know. Jerome Ford did a lot of good things last year, so people yeah. kind of spoiled that on that front. Um, but at the same time, like we're doing sweeps, getting more screen passing, um, not just running up the gut every time, going off tackle, doing a lot of things that are um, different you know, that you won't expect. I mean, if they've been watching the tape, it looks a little bit different than last year. I think we were just super vanilla read option, read option, really no sweeps, no off tackles, really just up the gut. And if somebody posts a block and he can make a cut, he's gone. Where this year, you know, they're they're doing tall sweeps and other stuff like that. So it's a a lot different, especially because Ben really can't, I mean, he can run enough. He's not a dead sitting duck back there, but he's not about to pull it and go for 50 on you. Um, But Back to the two-headed monster, right now um, it really honestly possibly would be a three-headed monster, but um, Ryan Montgomery, he's battling like a rib injury um, that I think he suffered late in practice before the Arkansas game, tried to get it out. He mm-hmm. hasn't played the last two weeks, only probably played like two or three snaps against Arkansas. Um, he was the guy kind of possibly going to be the, the the lead guy, but I still think it was going to be more of a rotation. Um, Charles McCullen, he's more of the scat back. Um, where he is getting a lot of carries as well. We'll make plays out of the passing game, where Montgomery was kind of like the tweener. He could kind of do both. Um, and then we have LSU transfer, um, home, Cincinnati hometown native, Corey Kiner, who's kind of – he's the bull in a china shop. Um, very highly recruited coming out. Um, was, has been battling like some nagging injuries per se, but when he gets his time, he's he scored, I want to say, in every game this year. I don't maybe not, maybe not against Kenneth Maybe I'm lying about that. But I know he scored against Arkansas. He scored last week. Um like five, nine, just built like a bowling ball, can move, uh, had like the most impressive six-yard run I've seen in a long time, like on, on Saturday. But uh it's it's gonna be different because it's not gonna just be like last year, it was just purely forward, and they would put other people back in just to spell them where this year, um McKellen may start, but then Next drive, it might be just purely Corey, you know, and then sometimes they sprinkle him miles Montgomery a little bit too. Um, but I know, like, against Kennesaw, he had a fumble. He had a long run, but he fumbled as well. But then he got some, some playing time. He didn't get as much PT as I thought he would get against Miami Ohio. But he's a young guy that they like a lot as well. So it's just going to look a lot different for you guys because it might be two to three guys that really get to touch the rock, where last year it was just – Jerome is going to get his 20 catches, I mean, touches no matter what, where um, that's not going to happen this year possibly.
3: It'll be interesting to see to- with our defense, too, just like you you mentioned the sweep action and the kind of less vanilla play calling. I, I feel yeah. like we've seen early on with the IU defense, this I, I, Illinois game kind of stands out to me, but the the jet sweeps they were running there definitely gave us fits a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. At, again, it was, it was Chase Brown doing it, which is a great running back. But yeah, – been- um it, it'll be interesting to see how the IU defense responds to that. There
0: are there any other significant injuries, JT? I know you guys lost a, a couple of linemen. Um, any, anybody else that IU fans should, uh, on the Cincinnati uh, side, should be
1: noted of? Uh, yeah. Um, lost our star and center. Um, let's see, Jake Renfro, who was highly touted. Um, I think he was on the Remington Award watch list, I want to say. Uh, but, you know, Gavin Gerhardt has stepped in this three weeks and has been pretty solid, um, really hasn't really missed a beat. Um, when he didn't really play a lot last year, but I know through, you know, spring and in, uh, in fall camps and whatnot, he was getting a lot of snaps. But uh, so that's one big key. Really nothing else on the offensive side uh, besides the running back. And then um, on the defensive side, we, um, we lost our D in Malik um, Van torres Peck against Kennesaw State and he was like one of the fifth year guys came back for his extra year and second game boom done for the season unless it heals miraculously fast we don't think it uh, unless he's Wolverine um, he's probably done for the season you know uh, but I think that's I'm trying to think of anybody else nothing else um of pure significance, we have, like, a couple guys that are on the men, but they, if they possibly could play this week um, just because um, the significance of the injury. But uh, Will Pauling, he, he's a re- slot receiver. Um, he was doing very well the first two games, and he messed his knee up, so he'll probably be out about a month. So you guys want have to deal with him. Um, but I think that's that's it of significance, those three people. The other ones would probably be minor things unless something pops up during practice this week.
2: Yeah, and then, you know, I think the other matchup to watch, Connor I IU's quarterback, has thrown the ball over 50 times in, in two out of the three games so far. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a different look on offense, I think, for Cincinnati fans. Much more tempo, a lot more quick hitters. Um, but we'll see. IU's dealing with uh, starting center got hurt in warmups last week in the oh, game wow. as well as the backup center. Um, then our starting right tackle towards ACL in the Illinois game. Um, but defensively, obviously, you know, two all everything corners last year. Um, what's the secondary looking like? Two picks so far through the first three games. Um, it does feel like a game where IU is going to take some deep shots. So, you know, what should we be watching for from that Bearcat secondary?
1: It's a good question, man. Um the, the secondary, well, we lost Ama Gardner, obviously was playing on Sundays, Kobe Bryant as well. Um and Brian Cook, safety, both all playing on Sunday. Um, but um, they're still pretty good. Like, they're not – don't, we don't have that guy that's just pure lockdown like Gardner, of course, where he could just travel anywhere and, you know, affect the number one guy. But um, we still have a lot of height, um in that secondary. I mean, Jaquan Shepherd, who's a senior, and he really didn't get to play because of Sauce. I mean, he's six two, six three. I mean, almost six three as well. Um, playing, been playing very well. Um, shockingly, and then uh, Arquim Bush, who was you know the nickel guy last year. Well, he's a gambler, so he's one of those guys where he'll make a pick. He may get beat too. Yeah. You know, um, he got beat for a touchdown last week, but then he made a pick on the sideline that was amazing. So it's just like he's not Kobe, but he's one of those guys that. Um, he can he can affect the play like he might get beat for three plays, but then he knocks down on a pass and then he picks one back to back kind of a thing. Or he makes some tackle in the backfield that you don't expect. Um, and then the slot guys um, haven't been been real good. They haven't really made any noise far as getting in trouble. So um, Taj Ward and Sammy Anderson, um, both of them have been real solid. You know where they not been a part of the problem at all. So. They really haven't gotten picked on as much. So I think that you guys being able to throw is going to be interesting because nobody has really just said, we're going to try to toss the ball around the yard against the Bearcats. So this, that'll be interesting to see how they hold up. Um, they were able to keep one of their uh, one of their um, safeties, um, Javon J- Hicks, where he stayed for his you know fifth year. And then they have a sophomore next to him, uh, Byron Threats, who's been making a lot of plays. Like he's one of those guys – that just has a nose for a ball. He's not the biggest guy. He's about five ten, but he just flies around, man, and will hit you. So um, it's going to be interesting because this year they they have. It's not going to be like last year unless somebody is hurt or gets dinged up. You you may see, let's see if they play five. You may see seven guys playing in in the game. No, no, and that's not even about the injuries or anything. Just they they rotate a little bit more than they used to because they just don't have. You know, they don't have a Kobe and a and Gardner this year. But solid. I, I want to see how they hold up against you guys. Just because I, I did watch the Illinois game. And I want to see, you know, I know you guys like to toss around a yard. I want to see how that holds up against this team and see what the, our pass rush does as well, too. Because that's been what I'm – but I don't know yet. i am not figured that part out. Like, who's going to be that guy like my Jay Sanders who just goes and gets it? Um, and and causes you to have to double-team. We really don't have that guy. Um, That's on the end right now. So we'll see if somebody steps up.
0: Yeah. Uh, JT, for Hoosier fans going down to Cincinnati, it's about a two-hour drive from Indianapolis. What are some of the highlights? You know, Nippert Stadium, I believe, is the oldest FBS stadium in the country. What what are some of the highlights that if you're a college football fan um, coming in from Indiana – what do you need to do what do you need to see okay. best places to tailgate grab a bite to eat
1: okay well i'll give you two i'll answer it twofold i'll answer it for like the students a little bit and i'll answer it for like the grown like the people i'm not saying students aren't grown-ups but like just the people that are a little bit older want to do yeah, something a little bit different it's all right, all right. To call us old cool people and i'm old too man i'm <laughs> i'm a part of the o- other group now which is crazy but anyway <laughs> like for the skyline you have to see our skyline like the the Cincinnati skyline is pretty dope. If you can see it, um, you get formerly Paul Brown Stadium, now Paycor Stadium, and um, Great American Ballpark, their bookends. So essentially, one end of the um, downtown part is Paul, well, Paycor now, and then the other one is uh, Grant, uh, Great American Ballpark. And then you have what's the Banks which is the place people probably should go. It's a lot of food places, a lot of bars, et cetera. And it's all between, it's all walking distance. So you just, from one um, field to the next one, you get that, you don't only really have, you just park and just kind of do your thing. Um, so I would say people should at least see the skyline if they've never been, because it's pretty cool. Um, and it's different ways you can hit it. So like, if you're coming down, like coming up 75 North, it's real dope because you're going down a hill and you can just see everything that opens up. That's like my favorite favorite picture. Even when I leave town and I come back, I like love seeing that. And then um it's a way like if you guys like to gamble, it's a way by the casino. If you're going 71 South, where you're by the casino and everything opens up, you see all the buildings and everything too, it's just pretty dope. But um yeah, if go if you like to gamble, go to the casino, which is super close to Nippert and super close to downtown as well it's like in between so it's like on the, on your way to going downtown um Man, that and that would have been if I went to school
2: there that would have been deadly but, for that would be good.
1: But, but the <laughs> thing is Cincinnati got cool like far as after I don't know how old you are but like I think the casino came like early tens you know what oh, I mean like we didn't I have it
2: oh yeah, uh, you've been there I been, see been, I didn't have that I didn't have that yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so I, I had i didn't have to worry about that part of it um but i've told all the people like i talked to i'm like man y'all don't understand how good y'all got it because now even by campus they got like target um like cell phone stores shoe stores all you don't even have to leave campus it's crazy and we we only had like one fast food place like we had taco bell and everything else was gone Like we had to go outside of the uh, neighborhood to go places so yeah but um Let's see. Another thing, I guess, if you haven't tried, like, I'm not the biggest Skyline per- fan personally, but I guess you got to try Skyline um, just you because it's just different. But I'm not like the biggest Skyline person, but I'll since it's, it's, it's a Bearcat thing, I'll push that narrative. Um, but then it's a lot of stuff to do on campus, too, like for the students that are, are traveling up here. It's a lot of bars, a lot of stuff like that. So I would say um, – hit up Calhoun Street, hit up Shorevine and do some stuff over there and just uh, don't get too drunk because they will arrest you. But besides that, I think that's a good thing to do. Um, I guess for other people, definitely hit the banks downtown. I think that's a good that's a good basis to start because you got food places and you got places you can go out and kick it and drink and watch some other games if you want. Awesome. Uh,
0: JT. Well, from my guys at Hoosier Huddle, do, you, do we have anything else? before we get into some predictions?
1: Uh, oh, man, it's – I don't know. It's up to you guys. Um, I'm, I'm open, open book, man. Whatever information that you guys want to know or tell, your, tell the Hoosier Nation before, uh, before the games, let me know, man. I, I would just
2: say, you know, we just kind of talked about, you know, some of the new faces in the secondary against IU's passing game. It does feel like it's going to be a pass-heavy game for IU – if there was another matchup to watch where you're kind of, you know, maybe you didn't feel great about it after the Arkansas game or hmm. something you've seen so far where you're like, you know, maybe this is where IU goes on, on either side of the ball, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, a pressure, maybe it's IU, you know, screen passes or something like that.
1: It's hmm. a good question. Cause would you, my question to you, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to ask you a question. But you guys throwing it around the yard. I didn't watch the Illinois game, but I didn't watch the game last week. Who, like, do you guys have, like, a main receiver, or do you have, like, receivers that you like a lot that, that you want to get the ball in their hand? Yeah, first? yeah. So,
2: it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. So, there's – right now, I think we have eight different receivers averaging at least a catch so far. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely two guys though. Yeah, so, it's two. Well, the Juco <laughs> receiver from Texas, Cam Camper, um, big body pushing six, four. Initially when we grabbed him, you know, we thought he was more of like a depth ad. Mm. Um, but I mean, he leads the team and catches yards and touchdowns so far. Um, so he's been outstanding. And then DJ Matthews, who, okay, I remember I, you know, he, he had a great game against you guys before he went down with the ACL oh. last year in that game. Um, he's back. Um, he's returning punts, although they've been pretty conservative with him doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy that's going to kind of work the middle of the field. Um, hit, he had a, I think, 65-yard touchdown against Illinois over the top. Um, so if you're going to look for a guy to kind of stretch the field, it's him. But third down, there's no question it's going to be number seven, DJ Matthews over the middle. Um, we've all been waiting for AJ Barner. Was a guy that got some, you know, preseason All Big Ten love at tight end. Uh, Peyton shots off to the Cowboys now, so he was kind of you know the heir apparent. Still have not been able to get him going, really. So, if, if there's one thing that IU you know may do differently or look to do on Saturday, I would say a lot of 88 early. Um, but you know, we've said I hope, like hope
3: they've just been hiding it, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We've said
2: <laughs> it for three weeks, the coaching staff has said it for three weeks. Um, so I don't know. So, I would say like matchup wise. I use just got to stay on schedule. Um, you know, even if we lose yards or have an incompletion on first down, they keep the tempo going. Um, so we've had, you know, real quick three and outs so far through three games. Um, and and the running game has been a struggle still as well. So, um, it's going to be a lot of, you know, quick timing throws on first down to kind of act as the run game. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, I think that the secondary against those two receivers for IU, I think that's interesting because it's really going to force, you know, IU to have another guy step up with maybe five or six catches. Haven't seen that so far.
1: Okay. Um, so
0: 12 guys did catch passes last week.
1: Nice. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Yeah. So like- so,
2: you know, you're still looking for the you know, if, if seven, if Matthews is covered and if Cam Camper are covered, you know, they're still looking for that, you know, who's the safety valve. Um, so, you know, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm, I'm blanketing both of those two guys and making someone else beat me in the passing yeah. game. Um, so that, that'll be kind of what I'm watching for, for sure.
1: Okay. So like with the tight ends part, like our linebackers are very good. So like that's might be honestly the strong point of the team this year. So that'll be interesting to see if you guys are able to get, you know, him off the off the books, you know, get him off and see what happens. And then I'm really looking at the, the if we can get a pass rush, or if you guys are just getting it out super fast, because um, we really haven't, we don't know who that guy is yet right now. Like who's just going to be like the, the habit causer? I think Jawan Briggs has been kind of the guy, but he's more at the defensive tackle spot to see who's going to be like that guy off the end. So that's that's where I'm looking at. And then to see how we contain the, you know, those sort of receivers, man, because this is the first game that they really get challenged, honestly. In other. Even though, I mean, Arkansas, they got challenged, but I think they held up pretty good. Because yeah. Arkansas is a more run-heavy right. um, team. And I thought they held up good against Arkansas for the most part, but I want to see how it looks now with the team that's really wants to throw the ball over yeah. 40 times, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: all right, JT. Before we get you out of here, um, let's do predictions so that we could hit the sports book at the casino on the way down <laughs> to the game. Um, what? Uh, what? What's your prediction for for Saturday afternoon?
1: Okay. Let's see. We'll go. They have us as a favorite. I think eleven. Started off at 11, I want to say. It, it
3: just it just keeps going up. I think it's up yes, to 17 or something dang. now. Okay, so yeah. somebody was saying
1: it was 15 like earlier. Um, uh, oh no! Yeah, is, eh. sorry, sorry to interrupt. It is uh, cool.
3: Cincinnati minus 17, over under it was at 54. It looks like.
1: All right, I'm gonna go 35-17. you see. That's
2: a cover right there. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. You know. For me, I think it's interesting. We talked about it early. Um, You know, a lot of new faces for IU, but there are some guys last year, you know, with the high expectations we had that, you know, I think are pretty ticked at at the way the game ended last year. Um, I think you're going to see a a fired up IU team early. Um, But, you know, the inability so far this season to sustain, you know, positive plays on offense has been challenging. And if you try to do that on the road at at Cincinnati, I think it's going to be trouble. Um, I also don't think it's going to be as high scoring as people think. I'm going to go 27-17 Cincinnati.
3: Yeah, I'm, ve- I'm very similar. I-, I think IU comes out kind of hot and then just just kind of fizzles towards the end. It, it, I don't know if that, that might be the IU game script of the last like 30 years, but um, <laughs> I'm going to confidently, I guess, predict that. I also see it as more of a lower scoring game than, than what the sports books say. I'll go 28, 14 Cincinnati.
0: Yeah. You know, every time IU comes out with a chip on their shoulder in these games and plays, you know, pissed off, seems like we get our butts kicked. Um, you know, you saw it against Iowa last year. Um it just it just never bowl, works. The out Ole
3: Miss bowl it. game is what immediately oh, 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 come, yeah, uh, cover, yep, cover covering bowl the Big Ten logo.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Ole Miss bowl game. There's just it goes on and on. Um, but I I do think I, I think you know I kind of want to take IU with the points if it goes above twenty, um, which it might. But uh, <laughs> I, I do think that if IU could get through the first seven and a half minutes in the game, it's going to be a dogfight to the end. Last year was determined on, you know, Indiana should have put that game away early. They had three drives yeah. in the red zone and came away with zero points. Yeah. Um, and then you have the, the Tim Baldwin fumble at the goal line and the we can all agree that targeting is a ridiculously stupid rule. You have the, if Micah McFadden is still in that game, uh, it's a different outcome. But Red zone issues have been plaguing Indiana again this year, and you're playing on the road in what's going to be a super hostile environment, which is nothing really new to IU. They've played at Ohio State, they played at Penn State, you played at Nebraska. Uh, but I think it, it's going to be it, Cincinnati's just going to out physical you. And for Indiana, I think if Zach Carpenter does not play, you're in trouble. Um, he hurt his snapping hand and warmups and we'll see. They didn't go into very much detail, but Tom Allen said it was one of those freak injuries and in his 30 years of coaching he's never seen, Dang. which is never good. Never, um, never good. So I, I I'm going to say uh, Cincinnati 31, uh, Indiana 20. Uh, you know, that's just the, the gut feeling I have on here. Could it uh, Cincinnati blow them out? Yeah, uh, it could. I just, we don't have a good read on this Indiana team. I think the the two and ten aftertaste from last year is still there, but you still have a lot of those players from twenty twenty, and they've started to pull out those close wins, which is a skill in itself. They've been in these close games, um, and, and yeah, the opponents are not as impressive as as Cincinnati, but they've been there. They have that belief. Uh, it could be a close game. I'm gonna go thirty one twenty, Bearcats.
2: Yeah. So I think, you know, pretty, pretty similar predictions. Yeah. It's going to be a, a really, really interesting game. JT, thank you again for your time tonight for our uh, IU fans watching or listening that uh, might want to catch up some more on the Cincinnati perspective heading into Saturday. Uh, tell us where we can find you, where we can find your work uh, and what should, what should we expect from you during the week here?
1: cool man well i'm gonna get very long-winded so just bear with me guys <laughs> all right so check out the front news.com that's where all the meat and potatoes are articles um i'm probably gonna have a, a indiana preview working i'm gonna do uh the front office news podcast we'll do that my man sammy will get on there with me tomorrow uh so be looking out for that we'll talk a little bit more of the indiana side of things and then um hit up uh hit me up on Twitter. If you want to cuss me out or whatever, I'm cool with that. I got the skin at underscore JT underscore Smith. And at, if you want to ask me why I have it those underscores, it's because my last name is Smith. So that's just what it is. Um, so sorry about that. But if you want to message me, that's where everything will be located. And then also um, you can follow front office news on Twitter and also on Instagram. So that, if you want to kind of see like the articles slash I post a lot of pictures on there from the previous game. So I don't know if Indiana fans want to see that per se, but, you know, I have a pretty solid photographer that'll be at the game. Um, so if you want to see that, mm-hmm. go ahead and follow or say it sucks or whatever. I'm cool with that. And uh, But that's it, man. That's, that's where you'll follow, find everything and, uh, and follow me. All
0: right. Thanks again,
1: JT. Uh, it's been uh, cool getting to know
0: you over the last two seasons. Hopefully yeah. it's just as good of a game. Uh, as last year uh, and entertaining it is a sort of a regional rivalry yeah Uh, best of luck to you guys the rest of the way outside of saturday good (laughs) luck in the big 12 Uh, thank you Uh, thank you thank you good luck in the big 12 and we'll see where where you guys land Um, you can follow us at at dot com. you can follow us up twitter at hoosier underscore huddle there was another Hoosier huddle that we had to use an (laughs) underscore for Uh, on Facebook and Instagram as well. We'll have all your previews. We'll have, uh, I'll be on with JT tomorrow on on his podcast. I'll be on with TJ tomorrow on Hoosier huddles podcast. Um, We'll have all the stuff leading up to uh, the kickoff at three 30 on Saturday at at Nippert stadium. Uh, Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Nate. Any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here?
2: No, uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, you know, looking forward to Saturday. So, thanks again to JT.
0: Hello. Oh,